0: You are listening to As A Woman, Episode 83, Contraception. Listen in this episode as we review the basics about all types of contraception, including daily methods, long-acting reversible contraception, permanent options, and emergency contraception. Empower yourself with education. Hi friends, welcome back to As A Woman. I'm so excited to have you all here listening to this episode all about contraception. This is one of the top questions I get asked all the time. Differences in contraception and risks, side effects, impact on fertility. So I am very excited to sit down and get into all of this with you. But first, I want to say a huge thanks as this episode of As a Woman is sponsored by Plan B One-Step Emergency Contraception. As a fertility physician, it's important for me to work with partners who are dedicated to improving women's lives. Foundation Consumer Healthcare, FCH, the maker of Plan B, is committed to increasing education and access to emergency contraception and places this at the forefront of their initiatives. I am proud to be a part of their efforts to support this critical women's health product. At the end of the episode, I'll let you know where you can learn more about Plan B and where to access it. Okay, I'm gonna be really honest and personal here because I feel very passionate about this topic. I am so over birth control being sensationalized, women's health being politicized, and women feeling pressured when it comes to this topic. Just like I want you all to learn about your body so you can know more about your fertility, I want you to have the family you dream of when you want and when you are ready. A huge part of this is not having kids if you are not ready. It is my belief that being a smart, goal-setting, and successful woman who has big dreams and big plans, it may mean that you want to delay your family start. I mean, it, it did for me, but here is the deal. I also believe you can like sex. I believe you can have sex. I believe you can abstain from having sex. I believe you get to choose. And also, I believe you should be the one who gets to make the choices about how to best plan out your family and what happens to your body. And a huge part of this is contraception. So let's clear up a few things before we get started. Using contraception is not shameful. You are doing what you believe is best for you and your body. It is empowering. You can be in no relationship and never have had sex and want to be on contraception. There are many medical reasons to use various forms of hormonal contraceptive products that are meant for preventing pregnancy. The only form of contraception that helps prevent STDs is condoms. End of story. So if you're not in a monogamous relationship with a partner who has been tested, you should be using condoms to help prevent STDs. Condoms can be used in addition to other forms of contraception. So let's dive in and start right there. This is going to be a very fact-based episode. So giving you a warning right now, if you are here, you are here to learn. We are going to go through all types of different methods, pros, cons, things you need to know, pounding out the facts so that you can be empowered if you are trying to make this decision. We are dividing things up based on type of contraceptive. So I'm going to have number one, behavior methods, number two, barrier methods, number three, hormonal contraceptives, number four, long acting reversible contraception, number five, emergency contraception. So that is how we are going to dive into this right now. So behavior methods, let's dive in. Number one, abstinence. Pro is you won't get pregnant or get STDs, but con is this relies on self-control to prevent any slip-ups. Number two, withdraw. Good news, perfect use, 96% successful, but typical use is about 80%. Control is in the hands of your partner. This is where he must remove his penis before he ejaculates inside, and this can easily go wrong. Pros, there's no hormone side effects, or cost to this method. Number three, fertility awareness methods. Perfect use is 95%, but typical is around 77%. This is overall inexpensive, although companies are now trying to monetize this. Fertility awareness methods are where you track your cycle. So based on calendar, if you have perfectly regular cycles, monitoring your cervical mucus, or checking your body temperature, you can detect when you're ovulating and abstain for the five days prior. This is hormone-free, but must be practiced perfectly. This requires daily tracking and only is really valid if you have regular cycles. So that is super, super important to keep in mind. So if you have regular cycles and you know you ovulate on the same day every month, I'll say day number 14, then you can count five days prior to this and avoid all of those days ending on the day of ovulation. So the five days prior and the day of ovulation, no sex, then you can resume two days afterward. So that's about a week of not having sex during your cycle if you're going to use the calendar method. If you're going to use cervical mucus monitoring, you can use that to find your most fertile day. That's the day of type four cervical mucus. That's like sticky egg whites, literally you stick two fingers up in your vagina, pull it out and stretch it. And when it looks like an egg white, you'll know it when you see it. That's your most fertile day. However, it doesn't really help you because sperm can live in the reproductive tract for up to three to five days prior. So if you had sex three days ago and now you have your sticky stuff, you still could get pregnant that month. So that is good for checking ovulation so you know when you're ovulating and kind of determining when in your regular cycles is your ovulation day. Same thing with basal body temperature. BBT, as it's known, is where you check your temperature every day and you're looking for a rise, which happens after you ovulate when your body starts to make more progesterone. Again, this is after you've ovulated, so it doesn't help you because after you've ovulated, go on and have sex. So this can help you determine which day in the calendar you do ovulate, so that in subsequent cycles, you can go and avoid these days. OPKs are the last one, ovulation predictor kits. OPKs are a little strip that you pee on every day. They are measuring LH, which comes from the brain. LH is secreted the day before an egg is released, so it triggers ovulation. That's your most fertile day. So again, if you use OPKs, you can find your day. Then you can count backwards to avoid. Typically, this is all too cumbersome for a woman who has really regular cycles The easiest is the less perfect calendar method. So if you take your 28 day cycles, the second half, the luteal phase after you ovulate is usually pretty set at around 14 days. So if you take 28 minus 14, that's how we come up with day 14 for ovulation for the average woman. You avoid the five days prior to that and the two days after that's your week. You got to sit out, but if you can't avoid sex for a week, this is not going to be a good use for you especially if you don't like to have sex on your period because then you're setting out your period and you're sitting out a whole other week. So that may be a bummer on your sex life, just FYI. Okay, barrier methods. So most common is condoms. Perfect use on a male condom is 98%, but typical use is around 87%. Again, on the pro, they can protect against STDs. You don't need a prescription. They're rather low cost. There's no side effects as long as there's no latex allergy, but they must be used every time. They must be put on during an erection. And it can ruin the mood. Also, you must play a role in making sure that your partner is doing this every single time. And now a word from one of our sponsors, Ritual. Did you know that women were excluded from clinical research policy by federal law until 1993? But women belong in scientific research. They're essential and Ritual knows this. I choose Ritual multivitamin every day because it is easy to take and I know that I am getting high-quality and traceable ingredients in a clean and bioavailable forms. In fact, Ritual conducted a university-led human clinical trial for their Essential for Women 18 Plus multivitamin to assess its efficacy, and the results showed increase in vitamin D levels by 43% and omega-3 DHA levels by 41% in just 12 weeks. Know my shady business. Ritual's Essential for Women 18 Plus is a multivitamin that you can actually trust, Get 25% off your first month at Ritual.com A-A-W. Start Ritual or add Essential for Women 18 Plus to your subscription today. That's Ritual.com A-A-W for 25% off. Thank you, Ritual. And now a word from one of our sponsors, Quince. The weather's getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. Thank you, Quince. There is such a thing as a female condom. Perfect use is around 95% and typical use is around 79%. It kind of goes the opposite way where it goes inside the woman. So on the pro, you get control over it. But on the con, it does have to be used every single time, just like the male condom. Okay, so the sponge is lesser known. It's a white foam that's about two inches long. You put it in the vagina before sex and it blocks sperm from entering into the cervix and the uterus and it also releases spermicide. You can insert it about 34 hours before having sex. There could be some irritation, but that doesn't ruin the mood. It's overall low cost and hormone free. You can have sex multiple times with a sponge in place. It may not be ideal if you have a really large cervix, like if you've had multiple children. So you would and should ask your doctor before using the sponge if it could work for you. Perfect juice is about 90%. Typical is about 73. Spermicide, perfect juice, 84%. Typical use, 79%. None of these things are 100, you guys. These numbers would scare me if I really didn't want to have a baby. There are different forms, including creams, films, foams, gels, suppositories, and they all work by killing sperm. Spermicide on its own is not great. Women usually combine it with another type of option. It also can be irritating and must be applied every time during sex. It can break down the skin and it can make you more susceptible to HIV because there's a compound called nanoxyl 9 So this is not my favorite option for most women, although using it with things like a sponge or a cervical cap, those can be helpful. I'll write a diaphragm. So we've all probably heard about a diaphragm, but a lot of women aren't very familiar with them. Perfect use of a diaphragm is about 84%. Typical use is about 83% at preventing a pregnancy. So you can see that's overall the same, meaning most women who use it, use it quite perfectly. It is a shallow silicone dome that you insert into your own vagina and you put it in place to cover the cervix and keep sperm out of the uterus. You need to use it with spermicide, It can be put in hours before having sex, so that's great, but you often have to go and you have to get fitted so that one actually fits and covers things well, and so that is a barrier. Similarly, the cervical cap is like a smaller version of a diaphragm that just fits around the cervix. It also requires a fitting from a healthcare professional so you get the right size because everybody's cervix is different. It can be inserted six hours before sex. It should be used with spermicide, and typical use is about 71%. So you can see all of these barrier options, they range in rates of preventing pregnancy even with perfect use, and that is something to keep in mind. And remember, of all of them, condoms are the only one that prevent against STDs. All right, hormone contraceptives. This is where the money is, you guys, and I say that because this is what most people talk about when they're talking about contraception. Number one, the pill. The pill, when somebody says, I'm using the pill, are you on the pill? Is referring to combination birth control pills. Terrible name, to be honest. However, combination pills are a combination of ethanol estradiol, that's a type of estrogen, and any type of progesterone. And there's a bunch of different types of progesterones that are used in different pills perfect use of a pill, requires taking it every day around the same time, is about 99.7%. So that is a very high number. Typical use is around 93% because some women forget their pills. How the pill works. You take in estrogen and that progesterone. The estrogen works on your brain and it prevents the brain from sending out follicle stimulating hormone or FSH. FSH is what tells your body to grow an egg. So with the birth control pill, you do not ovulate, so you do not get pregnant. Other things that happen is that the cervical mucus thickens, making it harder for sperm to penetrate, and the progesterone keeps the lining of the uterus thin, and this decreases menstrual blood and cramping. So when somebody says they are on the birth control pill for medical reasons, some of the top ones can be preventing ovarian cysts because you're not ovulating, preventing painful periods because you have less blood flow and less cramping. The pill also increases sex hormone binding globulin, which decreases your free circulating testosterone. Therefore, it can decrease acne and hair growth, another medical indication to use the pill. The pill can also be used... To treat disorders. So, one is PCOS, polycystic ovarian syndrome. And PCOS, you have heard me say, or there's a whole podcast episode if you haven't, talking about how the ovary is full of lots of follicles. And all of those follicles make estrogen and it prevents the brain from ovulating. So, although you're not ovulating with PCOS, you are making estrogen that builds up the lining. So, the birth control pill use in polycystic ovarian syndrome prevents you from getting endometrial cancer. And I don't know about you, but I want to prevent. All the cancer you could have. It also helps decrease your testosterone levels, which is a huge problem in part of the symptoms of PCOS. Another thing the pill is good for is endometriosis. Endometriosis is a medical condition where the endometrium or the lining of the uterus, those same type of cells grow outside the uterus. They are stimulated by estrogen just like inside the body, but they're not stimulated by progesterone. So because the pill is a different type of estrogen than your body naturally makes, plus daily progesterone, it is actually preventing those little implants from growing, becoming painful, and hopefully preventing the disease from getting worse. So these things are all huge. So there are medical indications for needing the birth control pill that have nothing to do with birth control. Although you can see with a 99.7% perfect use, it's a really effective method to prevent pregnancy if you are wanting to do so. A few other pill facts. It's small, easy to swallow. It can have some side effects. So the most common are nausea, spotting, or a decrease in sex drive. There are different types of progesterone. So, very often with patients, I switch them around until I find the type of pill that suits them the best with the lowest amount of side effects. Must take the pill at the same time every day. So, if you skip a dose, take it immediately once you remember, then resume your normal birth control again. If you skip two doses, take two pills and then resume your normal. And if you skip doses, you should use a backup method like a condom. You can take the pill continuously. So, every single day, don't have to go into placebo periods. What happens with the pill is that the hormone pills usually last between 21 to 24 days, depending on the brand of the pill. And then you have placebo pills that don't have any hormones in them. This causes a drop in your hormone levels, specifically progesterone, and that is the trigger to the uterus that it's time to bleed. So some women do not have periods on the pill because they only take the active pills and that is fine and good for your health. So not having periods because you are taking hormones is fine. It is not okay to not have periods if it's your body causing it, like PCOS or hypothalamic amenorrhea or ovarian failure. And this confuses women all the time. If you are not using any type of hormones, you need a period every month. If you are using hormonal contraception, because these hormones are preventing you from getting cancer, because these hormones are helping thin out the endometrial lining, it is okay to take them constantly. So on some hormone methods, having no periods is a side effect and often a welcome one in most women. And again, talking about cancer risk, the pill has been shown to lower the risk substantially of ovarian cancer, colon cancer, and endometrial cancer. Okay, but the pill is not for everybody. Contraindications for the combination birth control pill, blood clots or history of a clotting disorder, smoking cigarettes, especially if you're over age 35, history of migraines with an aura, that means where you have neurological side effects with your migraines like blurry vision or lights in your vision, lupus. So if you have any of those medical things, you'll have to talk to your doctor. And of course the pill requires a prescription, so you have to talk to your doctor no matter what. The progestin only pill is called the mini pill. So it is similar to combined contraception, but it doesn't have the estrogen component. It's only progesterone. It is less effective than the combination pill, and it is really time sensitive. You must take it every day at the same time. And if you miss a single dose, you need to use a backup method right away. Now, the patch. The patch is also a combination estrogen progesterone, but it is a small piece of adhesive that you put on your body and you switch out once per week. You can take a week off if you're going to have a period, otherwise you can just keep switching. It does require a prescription. It does only come in beige. Perfect juice is 99%. Typical use is about 93% because people tend to leave it on longer and not switch it out perfectly. Possible side effects, sore boobs, irregular bleeding, or irritation from the adhesive. It may be less effective if you weigh more. So if you're over 198 pounds, it may not be a good option for you. It is not ideal for smokers who are over the age of 35, and it does cause higher peak estrogen levels than the ring or the pill it is however easier to use because it's a patch so there is less error for most women who are taking it and now a word from one of our sponsors apostrophe with the temperature starting to warm up i'm so excited the summer is around the corner and getting ready and looking forward to the summer months but i know that when i'm outside enjoying nature i need to pick up supplies to prepare myself for summer adventures and there is no in-person appointment or trip to the pharmacy needed. We have a special deal for our audience. Get your first visit for only $5 at apostrophe.com A-A-W when you use our code A-A-W. That's a savings of $15. This code is only available to our listeners. To get started, just go to apostrophe.com slash A-A-W and click get started. Then use the code A-A-W at sign up and you'll get your first visit for only $5. Thank you, Apostrophe, for sponsoring this episode. The ring is another option. Perfect use of the ring is 99%. 93% typical use. So you can see right now, these combination methods like the ring, the patch, the pill, have very similar rates of protecting you against a pregnancy. The ring is a little silicone ring. It has both estrogen and progesterone, but at very low doses, and they cause very stable hormone levels. They're just released from that ring over time. It can be left inside for up to three weeks and then removed with another ring put in. A newer ring just got released on the market, And I don't have any personal use with it yet. It's a little bit bigger, but it can be left in for up to a year. And so that's going to be very interesting. The ring does require a prescription and you must be comfortable with your vagina. You have to put your ring in and take your ring out. You can have sex with the ring in place. No big deal. You can take it out and rinse it off if you need to. And again, if you want to leave it in place, it can be continuous and you can skip your periods on the ring without a problem. Another hormonal option is the shot. Now the shot is a high dose intramuscular progesterone and you have to go to the doctor to get the shot administered. And it works by preventing ovulation. The high dose progesterone prevents ovulation for up to three months. So you get a shot every three months. It is really effective. So perfect use is 99%. Typical use is 96% because there's not much failure with this method because it lasts a while. Now, it does cause weight gain, irregular bleeding, and long-term use can lead to osteoporosis. So most physicians will not use this method more than two years because you don't want to have bone health impacted. But one thing that I hate a lot is that the shot can impact your fertility. And even though it's only effective, like we can count on it to not have you ovulate for three months, it can impact your fertility for up to 18 months after the last shot. So this delay in ovulation may last six times as long as intended. So if you think, I just won't get my shot this time and we'll try to get pregnant, I've seen women a year and a half later still not having periods or ovulating from the shot. So that is something that is not an option or not a good option If you are approaching wanting near-term fertility, it does not hurt your long-term fertility. So there's no negative impact in five years from using the shot. But if you want to try to have children in the next two years, you should change off that method for something else. All right, long-acting reversible contraception, also affectionately called LARC or L-A-R-C. I will tell you this, all your OBGYNs, we love LARC because if you don't want to be pregnant, these are the options that are going to give you the highest perfect and typical use options. So number one, IUD, intrauterine device, named after exactly what it does. It is a small device that goes inside the uterus. Perfect and typical use is 99% because you can't mess this one up. Once it's in place, it's in place. It is inserted in an exam that's like a pap smear. So speculum goes in your vagina and your provider uses a catheter to insert the device into your uterus. It usually does cause cramping that can be painful, but it's temporary and it will go away. And then you don't even feel it. I've got an IUD in place. No idea it's in there right now. There is a risk of uterine perforation, which means a hole being placed into the uterus upon insertion. And so that's why it's really important to go to an experienced provider. And if there's any difficulty, then very often your gynecologist or whoever's inserting it may kind of abandon it or use an ultrasound to confirm where it is and just make sure everything's going smoothly. There are different types of IUDs. So there are hormonal IUDs and non-hormonal. Your hormonal options, there's four different ones. All are made of plastic and they release a very small amount of progestin or progesterone over time. This progesterone thickens your cervical mucus and it keeps sperm from reaching the uterus. That's the primary way that it functions. Hormonal IUDs can last somewhere between three to six years, depending on the one you get. They may actually be able to last longer, but that's not what they're approved for right now. And very often women get light, light periods because the progesterone also thins out the lining of the uterus. So sometimes ovulation is suspended and sometimes it still occurs, but this thin lining will get you light periods, sometimes no periods. So amenorrhea can be a side effect. Common complaint sometimes though is spotting because if that lining is unstable or you still are ovulating, you may get some irregular spotting that usually resolves with time. The non-hormonal option is often very intriguing to women. What it is, is a copper IUD. Now it also is made of plastic, so don't think that it doesn't have any plastic in it either, but it does have a small amount of copper wrapped in it. The number one way that this works is the copper. So what the copper does is it interferes with sperm. So sperm transport, being able to swim where it needs to go and fertilization. It may also impact implantation because of the effects of copper on the inside of the uterus on that endometrium. It does not have hormones. It doesn't change your ovulation at all. So you should still get your period at regular intervals. It can work for up to 12 years. So it's very, very long acting. So if you don't want to think about this at all, it can be a good option. One complaint is though sometimes women have heavier Periods. So, if your periods are already heavy and you get the copper IUD, it may make your periods even heavier. So, that is something to be aware of. Another option is an implant. So, the implant is a small rod that is inserted under the skin of your arm. It releases progesterone only. So, just like the shot is a progesterone only shot, the implant is a progesterone only implant. It prevents you from ovulating, thickens the cervical mucus and it can last for up to four years. Perfect use of preventing pregnancy is 99%, typical use 99, again, because if it's in place, it is working. It can sometimes be difficult to remove, so that's something to be aware of. Typically, that's done in office, but occasionally it can migrate, and so it has to be found and taken out with a very, very small, quick surgical procedure. Possible side effects. Irregular bleeding, that's the number one side effect that will cause removal of the device. Some women do experience amenorrhea, so absence of periods, acne, and hair loss are other possible side effects. All right, and that brings us to emergency contraception, also called EC. So EC is a backup birth control option for women who find themselves in the position of needing protection because their plan A method falls through. EC is not first line to prevent a pregnancy but it is an empowering option for women who find themselves in the circumstance of a needing to prevent a pregnancy. And there's often a lot of inaccuracies about what EC is and what can happen. So plan B one step is also called the morning after pill. It is an emergency contraceptive that helps prevent pregnancy before it starts by temporarily delaying ovulation. So there's no release of an egg from the ovary, no fertilization, no pregnancy. Plan B is a single 1.5 milligram pill of levonorgestrel, a type of progesterone. It must be taken within 72 hours of unprotected sex, or if your regular birth control method fails, and the sooner it's taken, the better it works. Very important. Plan B will not harm an existing pregnancy, and it will not impact your ability to get pregnant in the future. It's so important for us to educate ourselves, as there are a lot of misconceptions about Plan B. In fact, I wanna share some data with you all that I found super interesting. A recent survey conducted in March of this year by Foundation Consumer Healthcare, the maker of Plan B One Step, found that almost half of respondents, half believe that taking EC interferes with your birth control. Also, more than a third, one third, of men and women surveyed think that taking EC impacts future fertility. So let's set that record straight. Plan B does not interfere with your regular birth control methods or make them any less effective. You can and should resume regular birth control right away after an instance of unprotected sex or start new birth control if you don't already have one. Plan B is a backup method. It is not meant to be used as a regular form of birth control as it is less effective and does not provide long-term protection against future instances of unprotected sex or birth control failure. But as a fertility doctor, I can tell you, based on my professional knowledge and experience, Plan B does not impact your future fertility. You won't lose eggs, have trouble ovulating, or have difficulty conceiving in the future due to prior Plan B use. Plan B will not make it harder for you to get pregnant down the road. There is no way I would be telling you that if it wasn't the truth. Plan B is also available right off the shelf without a prescription. You don't have to have an ID or age requirements to get it at any major retailer in the U.S., including CVS Pharmacy, Walgreens, Rite Aid, Walmart, Target. Anybody can also take advantage of curbside pickup at the local retail stores. So if you need this option, it is easily accessible to you. But as always, you must read the label and you need to ask your doctor for any health specific concerns. Other options for an emergency contraceptive include an emergency placement of a copper IUD. So this is actually an off-label use, which means the medication is being used in a manner not specified by the FDA's approved packaging or insert, but you can use a copper IUD as EC. It's highly effective, 99%, if inserted within five days of unprotected sex. However, insertion is a procedure. You must go to the doctor's office and has the same side effects as if you got the IUD inserted as a regular contraceptive method, meaning cramping upon insertion and your periods may become heavier. Another pill option for emergency contraception is Erlipristal acetate or UPA. It is similarly a one-time pill for EC, but it does require a prescription unlike Plan B, which again is over the counter and does not require a prescription or ID. So, Cool. Friends, this is a lot of information to take in. I feel like I just rattled off all the different types of contraceptive options and I hope you stayed and listened till the end because I think it is so important to educate yourself about your body, your periods, your hormones, your options. If you are ready to start a family now, then this may not apply to you now, but it could in the future. And if you're not ready for a family, then you need to know what your options are so you can pick what fits your life the best. And if your plan A method for preventing a pregnancy falls through and you need a backup, remember to tell yourself, I've got this. And that plan B emergency contraception is there. Just like many things in life, there is no one-size-fits-all to contraception. I want to give a huge shout-out and thanks to Plan B for sponsoring this podcast episode all about contraception and emergency contraception. Plan B is committed to giving women the information they need to make important sexual health decisions, and that is a mission I can relate to. Please know that this is all general information so that you can know what choices exist. Please discuss your options with a doctor that you trust so you can address your unique situation and what may be the best plan for you. To learn more about Plan B, you can visit www.planbonestep.com for information on the product and where to access it. I will also link in the show notes on the webpage. As always, friends, I'm so thankful to have you here listening to the As A Woman podcast. This has been the most requested podcast episode ever, and I'm so excited to break down the facts for you. As always, you can follow me on Instagram at Natalie Crawford, MD, or TikTok. You can also listen to the YouTube channel, Natalie Crawford, MD, for more. You can visit my website, nataliecrawfordmd.com for more information on the blog or to more information on Plan B will be there. Thank you guys so much for all of your support. I appreciate it so much.